This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. This is my house. This is my house. I'm taking over, okay? Stephen A. and the crew. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Touchdown! It's a Sammy Watkins Palooza touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Touchdown Bullpups! No flags on the play! It is 99 yards right up the seam! The big play threat from a season ago does it again! Everything happening in the sports world. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I tell you, I thought this morning I wasn't going to make it to this <laughs> afternoon. I, I haven't had many mornings like that in a long time. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson. It's a playoff week, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Did you see the frost on the trash cans this morning? Well, a, little, I, a little frost on the grass? What I saw was the white film on McPherson Stadium turf. For yeah, the frozen Bulldog. tundra. Yeah, but uh, that's when we got out there. Now, by the time we left, it had kind of dissipated. But uh, early this morning, the Bullpups, if they would have played their uh, playoff soccer game today. At 9 a.m.? Yeah, at 9 a.m., <laughs> they'd been playing on a white, uh, white surface. It's going to be a fun one tonight, Steve. It's going to be a cold one tonight as McPherson High is home for some playoff soccer. We've got a lot to talk about today, well, Steve. Let's, let's hope Dave Larson turns the heat on about two hours before Man, we get Man, we, we better get it's it going. It's going to be a little cold in the press box. Steve, a ton to talk about today. Number one, are you excited for some playoff football coming up this weekend? You're starting to gear up for oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, uh, the Bullpups you know, are trying to avoid – Looking ahead to next week, Abilene comes to town. They just take care of business. They should be fine. Then they can start thinking about Goddard because Goddard will destroy Rose Hill in the other game. It's a so bold statement. It, it'll happen. I mean, just mark my words. It'll it'll be a 30-point win probably for Goddard. So it'll be Goddard-McPherson next week. And this is the game that, you know, a lot of people are a little nervous about because uh, Goddard, even though they're 3-5, and five, very good football team. They're really starting to get some people back. Uh, you know, they're starting to play the way we thought they'd play. And, boy, if, if, if this is the matchup next week uh, that we're expecting, what a quarterfinal match. Or, a, yeah, a quarterfinal round match. Of 16, a round of 16, I'm sorry, a round of 16 match. Yeah. Yeah, excuse me. So I want to go over the brackets for at least our area teams and kind of give you a projection of how things can go maybe how we see things going. I want to talk about that at some point in the show today, but it's also a big night for baseball, Steve. Could be the last night of baseball in the entire year. World Series Game 6. Yeah, what a weird series this has been. Uh, there the have been so many weird things happen this the series. The home team has not won a game yet in the World Series. Have you been following all the weird stuff that has happened during this series? Well, I, I don't. you and I have different views of what weird is, so... There's a lot of weird things, non-baseball related. Okay. Did you see the video of the Nationals fan 
who was holding two cans of Bud Light, not in one hand, one in each hand, and he was on the front row of the left field fence. I think it was game four. And he t- what did he do? Take one off the chest? Well, he didn't put his beers down and just wore a home run right off his chest. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard. I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. Did you hear about the interesting actions behind home plate? No, I did not hear that. You didn't see anything about it? I did not, no. I think it was game five, whichever game was Sunday night. Right, game five. Game five. Yeah. There were these two women who went down to the front row, about the second row behind home plate, and might have exposed themselves a little bit. Okay. Or a lot, depending on your now, definition. Now, if it had been front row Amy, that'd been all right. But the, you, you, you could see from about the neck down on the camera. Okay. And that's all about you needed to see. So they were ejected. Okay. They are banned from baseball. Well, as far as the stuff that happened on the field. Oh, I want to keep asking about the weird stuff. Well, I don't care about the weird stuff. There I, has been so much weird stuff in this well, series. what happened in game five, though, was... And a crucial, I was too distracted by what was going on behind home moment, plate. A crucial moment in the game, uh, it was like a three and two count. I can't remember who the batter was for Washington. There was a pitch that was so far out of the strike zone that was called a strike, and it would have given the Nationals two runners on the tying runner come on base. Now there's a big cry that we should go to electronic balls and strikes, and I still, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in that. I think you gotta, you gotta leave the human element. In baseball, somehow, I just, I just, I know that they have these fox tracks things that uh, you know the pitches you can see if they're a strike or a ball, but those are, you know, I know how scientific and how accurate they are, but I still believe in the human element. I still like the human element too, but I think the thing that is frustrating for people, Steve, is you and I are sitting what eighteen hundred miles from Washington D.C. Right, somewhere around there, yeah, and we're sitting at our house and we are watching this game. And we can see within a millisecond of the ball crossing home plate whether it was a strike or a ball. And there are people that say, okay, so if I get to see this and I get to know whether it's a strike or a ball, why can't the umpires just go off of that? What's the point? Maybe they can have like two challenges a game on a balls and strikes or something like that. There's challenges for everything now. Why not maybe you get... Two, one, make it one challenge game. You have to use it judiciously. And that's when you can challenge and you go to the uh, electronic, and if it says strike, then it's overturned. It's like any other call. But how do you define a strike? Is it if just one, like in tennis when they zoom in and it's just one little piece of the ball is able to touch the yeah, line? I, I think anything that's on, on the line or inside the box. I wouldn't be too opposed to let's say the home plate umpire is holding a phone or some sort of device and he's got the grid of the strike zone on it and the pitch comes in and he can look at it and it either says yes or no ball strike and so he either says for a strike or doesn't say anything yeah i don't think that's that crazy well we've just gotten so there's so much technology now that we didn't have 20 years ago, it's just, it's almost cluttered up the game at times a little bit, made an already long game even longer, but I do Yeah, like, the Sunday night football game was shorter than the baseball game on Sunday night. That's pretty bad. That's, that's, that means that baseball is moving slow. Yeah, but it's still not as slow as college football, because every game in college football seemingly is three and a half to four hours. Okay, Steve, I need your prediction for tonight. 
It's game six. About a week ago, Steve came on this show and said, I am telling you who's going to win this World Series. It is going to be the Astros, and they are going to win it in six games. Do you stand by that today? Yeah, I think I think uh, Verlander is finally going to rise to the occasion. History's working against him. He's 0-6 lifetime in his you know, in World Series decisions. And the Nationals are going, I believe, with Strasburg. And uh, I think Houston gets it done tonight. I really do. Do you have any faith in Washington? Any faith in them at all to win it? Yeah, I still have some faith. I This series is just really up in the air now. It's just been, like I said, such an odd series where Washington absolutely obliterated Houston in Houston. The Astros obliterated Washington in Washington. It's just not... Something's just not right here. I think normalcy returns tonight, and a home team finally wins a game. Steve, I I can't really express to people how frustrating it would be to be a Washington Nationals fan that bought tickets for the World Series this weekend. I have a hard time explaining to you how frustrating it would be because, think about this, your team had just won two games on the road in the World Series, and if you're a Nationals fan, if you're a Washington, D.C. baseball fan, This is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, literally. It has not happened in many people's lifetimes that are still there, unless they're like 110 years old with the old Washington Senators. Mm -hmm. So you go out, you buy tickets for Game 3. You might even say, you know what? They might just win it in four. Let me buy tickets for Game 4, and if they don't do that, I'll buy tickets for Game 5, just in case. Right? Can you imagine having spent money on all three of those games and then just get destroyed at home, and you walk out of National Stadium after spending $2,000 on tickets yeah, and but say, game what five, am I doing? But in Game 5, they got an eyeful, apparently. I didn't see it, but apparently they <laughs> Well, got... there's more people at home that oh, can see okay. that. All right. What's the most amount of money you've ever spent on a single sporting event ticket? I don't have to spend money on tickets. I get well, have you game. ever been to a Chiefs game? I haven't been to, I haven't been to a Chiefs game since I was a little kid. All right, kid. what about a KU basketball game? I had a season ticket. Was that just when you were a student? Yeah, I haven't been. I've always gotten comped. Well, that's why I'm trying to figure out. What's the most amount of money you've ever spent on a game that you've attended? Nothing. I've always gotten comped. Okay, let me phrase it this way. What's the most that you've ever spent to play golf? Um, Probably, let's see. Do you have a $200 round in there somewhere? No. I think Prairie Dunes one time. What's that? It was like... uh, $35. $35. No, it was, no, I got a discount on that too. It's normally, it was, I think the green fees was 75, but cause I was a coach, I was coaching the golf team at the time. I think it was 35. I don't know what would be the most I've spent to play. How much money would you be willing to pay to let's say, see the chiefs in the super bowl? They said, Hey, we I'd, can, we can give you a ticket for $300. I'd take it. I'd buy it. 500. It's a good seat. We're not going to put you up in the nose. 500 is about all. Because I can watch it at home. So 500 is as much as I'd go. What about $700 round trip? We're going to fly you there. You got a hotel and you're going to be in the front row. $700? Yeah. Well, of course I would. You're saying you're in? For a round trip in a hotel room? Sure. So you're saying you'd do it? Oh, yeah. Well, we should find somebody that offers it to you. I'll tell you what. I've spent money on a World Series game. And if the Royals would have lost that game in Game 6 of the 2014 World Series, which I think was a year ago today, 
maybe. Well, anybody it would make me feel very upset. Anybody that knows me knows my wallet doesn't come out of my pocket very much. No, 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 not very often. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. We'll find somebody to get you a round trip to the Super Bowl to see the Chiefs. We'll, we'll work on that. After the break, I want to go through the Kansas high school football playoff brackets and try and paint the picture for you for what could be happening this Thursday and Friday night. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve? You're getting ready for some high school football this weekend, right? That's right. You're preparing yourself for some previews that will go up on Thursday. Right. You and I are trying to dissect all the matchups and get a very good feel for what can happen this weekend. Where would you like to start? Do you want to begin with Class 4A and kind of make it our way through that 4A West bracket? Well, let's do. Let's get it. Let's get it going. So McPherson, obviously the number one. Right. Taking on Abilene, who's the number 16. The matchup that they cross over with is the 8-9 Goddard against Rose Hill. Both of those teams are three and five. So those are the top four. You move down a slot on the bracket. Winfield against El Dorado. Winfield's already beaten them in the regular season. Ulysses against Ark City. And this is where I think this bracket could get interesting. That's where you're going to see the first low low seed, which is Ulysses. They are five, I believe. They're the five. Ark City's the 12. I think Ark City beats Ulysses. I get the feeling that Ark City will beat Ulysses as well. Winfield's the four. I think they will beat El Dorado, yep. which would then set up the Cali County Cup. Second edition. Part two. Yeah. And remember that Winfield barely beat Arc City in their first With meeting. 24 seconds to go in the game. It took like a that. late game touchdown to win. Yeah. So those are the two teams that I think McPherson, if they do reach the state quarterfinals, I think it will be one of those two. And honestly, I think it's Arc City. I do too. I think it's Arc City that comes through there. I really do. So a great chance that if McPherson were to beat Goddard, and you're not very high on the Rose Hill Rockets, I think that will be a much better game than you think it will be. I think it's playoff football. I think Goddard gets focused. Goddard's played such a tough schedule. I think it's prepared them well. The bottom half of the bracket, it seems fairly straightforward for this year. You have Arcs or Andover Central, who is the two, taking on Circle the 15. That'll be ugly. Augusta is the six, and is taking on Coffeyville. And I think it would be Augusta. I do too. Which would then set up Augusta against Andover Central. Bueller against Wellington. I would have to think that the Bueller Crusaders would be in a good spot. I believe they actually lost to Wellington in the postseason last year. And then at the very bottom of the bracket, Mulvane against Independence. Mulvane has been playing well. They have won four games in a row. So when you look at the bottom of the bracket, I think it could be very chalky. Very chalky. Which could lead to Andover Central and Bueller. Yep. In the state quarterfinals. Right. So, yeah, I, I think in the there's eight first-round games, and I think the only one where, a, where a, the favorite loses is Arc City beats um, Ulysses. I think I'm on the right page with you there. So, 
the most important game probably for McPherson before you get to a state semifinal, if they were to make it that far, would not be this weekend, but would be next weekend. That's right. As they would likely be taking on the Goddard-Rose Hill winner. They've already seen Rose Hill, and I really do think that they will give Goddard a good push. They are so physical up front, and they really slowed down McPherson's offense, which is scoring more than 45 points per game. Goddard's hovering at about 20 points per game so far this season. Now, it's the Rose Hill offense going up against a very solid Goddard defense where I think the problem could well, be. Well, and see, that's what we saw last year. It was McPherson's unbelievable offense last year against Goddard's amazing defense, and Goddard's defense prevailed because the Bullpups, what they averaged like almost 50 points a game last year and got held to 14. And, you know, we'd, we'd just been running roughshod over everybody last year, and then we ran into Goddard, and we just had a hard time moving the football. Let's go to 3A on the west side, Steve. Heston is the only area team that we have still going because the Smoky Valley Vikings are just playing in a consolation game, essentially, non-playoff game. Heston draws Clearwater in game number one, and Clearwater, to me, Steve, is a team that is scary. Their only two losses came to Cheney, who has been very good, and Andale, who has been very good. And you look at who they've beaten. They've beaten, what, they opened the year 3-0 and against 4A schools. They beat Rose Hill. They beat Mulvane. They beat Wellington. They also have a win over Haven, Wichita Trinity, and Wichita Collegiate. And I think the wins over Collegiate and uh, Mulvane, to me, really stick out. In fact, I've got Clearwater winning this game. I really do. If Heston were to win, they would either play Andale or Clay Center. And Andale has been extremely tough this year. Well, Andale's going to win 3A. We'll just, I'll just say it right now. I can't imagine anybody beating Andale in Class 3A. Well, how about Cheney? They almost beat him last week. And go, that, that you, You're allowed one scary year. But then you look at the east half of the state, Steve, and there are some very, very tough teams. You have a team like Frontenac in your neck of the woods that I believe is undefeated at this point in the season. Topeka, Hayden, and Sabetha, they have to play each other in the first game. Sabetha, the back-to-back reigning state champions trying for a three-peat. How about the Holton Wildcats and the Barta Bone? You have Wamigo. You have Perry LeCompton. There are a ton of good teams on the East yeah, half. Yeah, but, but I like Andale. I just think Andale, you know, they've been there before. Did they win four? What did they do in, last year in 3A? They lost to Pratt lost in the semifinals. Okay. Bad. Okay. Well, I still like Andale. Let's go to Class 1A, Steve. As we try and figure out what the Inman Teutons can do, they will first take on Stanton County, who is 1-7 and seven and, in theory, should be an Inman win. Yeah. Then, if they win that, they would either take on Elkhart or Sublette in the second round. Well, that's going to be Elkhart because Sublette is not good. Inman beat them by 47. Elkhart, I believe, is coached by Chris Hattabaugh, the former Smoky Valley Viking coach. On kpreps.com, it says, John Hain is the Elkhart coach. Okay, so Chris Hattabaugh, he's... See not, you later. <laughs> he's, he's, not, well, he's not there. Okay, so the Inman Teutons, how do you like their chances of continuing in Class 1A? They'll win their first one, and then I don't know after that. I just don't know. What does it say about Elkhart's record? What, They're 6-1. Six 6-1. and, one. Six and one. Just played seven games, huh? Yeah, they had an open date. Wow, that's pretty unusual. But anyway, uh, Teutons' defense keeps them in every game. The thing for them, can they move the football? Eight-man division one, where we have three different teams going at it, Steve. Let's start on the east half. Well, let's start on the west half. We'll finish off with the east half of the state. For Mound Ridge, they are on the road at Hodgman County 
this Thursday night. Remember, eight-man Division One plays Thursday. Right. Hodgman County has been very, very good this season. They are 7-1. and one. Their only losses to South Central, who is one of the top five teams in the state. And then you've got Little River taking on South Gray in the opening round on Thursday night. Yeah, it, it's going to be a virtual impossibility, I think, for Mound Ridge to win. Hodgman County has been very good for a long time. Little River, uh, South Gray, I believe, doesn't have a bad record. They're not a bad football team. But Little River's really rolling right now. It may not be a point rule game, but Little River will get it done. And then they, well, yeah, South Gray's 5-3. and three. If they win that game, it's either Ness City or Maxville, which means it will likely be Ness City. Right. And then Little River, the next opponent that they would have to deal with on the west half, would likely be Clifton Clyde if they continue to win. They are undefeated so far this season. So they have a chance to continue to make their run on the west half of the state. How about the Canton Galva Eagles? Have you, have you taken a dive into their playoff? Just put them in the finals. Call it good right now. Canton Galva will be in the state finals. Well, you like their chances this the week on side, Thursday. The, the east side's not very strong. You like their chances against Chase County. Yeah. Then they would either play Lebo or Gossel. They've already beaten Gossel this year. Lebo, right. I think, is the number three seed coming out of It'll be Lebo. its district. Lebo will beat Gossel. Then they have a potential to match up with South Central in the state quarterfinals. And that is one that is going to be, I believe, the first time they are tested this year. Yeah. To me, I think that is where and, they will get tested. And at some point, the fact that they've lost Tyson Struber with a broken, was it a broken hand or broken thumb? Uh, hand in, let's just say a hand injury. I think it's thumb. Uh, it is or broken hand. It has not come to the front yet. That you know, it's not been a problem. But Tyson Struber is such an electric player that uh, at some point his loss is really going to be felt. And then the other team on the east half of the state that I think Coach Hoppus and the Eagles are having to keep their eye on is Madison, mm -hmm. a team that has been very, very good this year. They're very physical. They score a lot of points. But on the east half of the state, this is a Canton Galva team that has a chance to make a nice run. But they have just been, I mean, it's just been unbelievable what Canton Galva's done. They, it, they only run like, they don't run 20 plays a game. It's unbelievable that they can just keep winning games they score like every other play. Uh, the game they played against Harrington last week, they didn't even hardly play their starters, and they scored 70 points. They, their backup scored almost all the all the points. Steve, it's going to be a fun week getting oh, sure. everything ready. We're going to knock out half of the Kansas high school football teams. That's right. On Thursday and Friday. That's right. They're going to say, see you later. Then they'll knock off another half the next That's right. week. Yep, the field gets whittled down. There you go. All right, we will take our final break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, we're almost out of time today, but we have Bullpup Soccer tonight. Yeah. Taking on the Salina Central Mustangs. What a tough week for the Bullpups. I'll tell you, and I, I described it as a gauntlet, and really it is because Salina Central, a very good soccer team. Of course, they beat the Bullpups last year. Bullpups avenged that loss uh, the, earlier this season with a 3-1 to one win. Even if the Bullpups win that game, they get a very good 
Emporia team on Thursday. Emporia already won. I think it was, what, 7-1? to one? They won 7-1 against Valley Center yeah. last night. Yeah, so Emporia's already punched its ticket to Thursday. So this is a veteran bullpup team, eight senior starters, and uh, too bad it's, it's so cold. Uh, hopefully that won't keep the crowd away because I know Coach Adrian would like to have a big crowd tonight at McPherson Stadium. Steve, what have we said all year long? About this McPherson Ice soccer team. They got to find a way to score against the good teams. They got to find a way to score in those big games, and here will be their chance tonight. When it comes to playoff soccer, Steve, it's going to be cold. Yep. It's probably going to be a little slick out that there. That ball is going to feel like you're kicking a brick. I just get the feeling it will be a low scoring game tonight, and whoever scores the first goal might win. It That's might right. be 1 0. It might be a 1 0 game tonight. Bullpups haven't, other than, uh, uh, you know, they haven't had that many shutouts here except the teams that they point rule so uh, they really need to tighten up defensively I think they've given up only 17 goals in what well, they played 16 games mm-hmm. so they're just barely giving up over a goal a game but uh, somebody's gonna have to step up as as you like to say somebody's gonna have to make a play so it'll be interesting to see who for the bullpups makes the big play tonight Steve have you purchased Halloween candy yet no I won't be home on Halloween night never am well you can set out a bowl for the kids It'll, it'll freeze. I don't want to give them hard candy. You don't, break their yeah, teeth. hard candy's great. Well, break their teeth. So you won't be giving out any candy? Nobody comes by my house anyway. Are you so sure? We'll see. They haven't. They, I've lived in the same spot for 20 years. I think years. if you put a bowl out there in the driveway, kids are going to come. Unless big and little, or big and little dude, are they still? Probably probably too they're old. They're too old. Okay, okay. Buy some candy for the kids, Steve. Well, if, I don't, if, if the kids don't come by, I'll just eat it myself. Then. Yeah, then that's a good deal. It's actually... A great deal. Yeah, so buy some candy for the kids. It's all about Go do it today. It's all about the kids. Got to have it ready to go for Thursday. That's right. It's all about the kids. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.